You're going to love this. Just love it. KPFK in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast. As heard on 90.7 FM in LA. 91.7 FM KYAQ on the beautiful Oregon Central Coast. And coast to coast and around the globe. Streaming on KPFK.org. On the Progressive Voices Channel. Netroots Radio. Indie Media Weekly. FYI Nation. Radio or not. Radio Free Brooklyn. Fine affiliates in parts unknown. And five days a week on Radio Sputnik. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us for another thrilling action-packed adventure. And it will be today. Uh, we, We warn you on this program all the time, never mind the horse race. The horse race doesn't matter. Well, at least uh, it doesn't matter as much as the track conditions on which the horses are running. We're going to be talking again today about those track conditions as uh, really a, a, a remarkable story out of Kansas, but also all around the country. Concerning electronic voting systems, one that uh, I've uh, I've known about these particular concerns, these very specific concerns uh, for several years since they were first brought forward by a couple of statisticians. And uh, we've got a new development in that case now happening out of Kansas. And we're going to be speaking with the woman who is bringing that case and uh, and these troubling these troubling, frankly, troubling concerns about uh, what is happening in Kansas and uh, how it affects the entire nation. So we're going to be interviewing uh, this woman here shortly, and and we may have some horse race numbers anyway because there's been some interesting movement in both the Republican and Democratic primary races, but none of it matters. None of it matters nearly as much as, uh, well, whether or not Americans who go to vote in 2016 can actually trust the results as they are reported back to them. So stick around for that. And to set all of that up, I got to go back to 2005. Back to 2005. Remember, we're coming just out of the 2004 elections when you had uh, lines with people six, seven, eight, ten hours in Ohio the state of Ohio that ended up uh, determining the results for George W. Bush. Not that anybody actually got to oversee those results, not to make, you know, that anybody actually got to count those results in 2004. Not that John Kerry bothered to make sure that every vote was counted as he had promised back in 2004. But back in 2005, by then, the voting machines, these new electronic voting uh, systems around the country were beginning to proliferate. 
in response to both 2004 and, of course, the 2000 race in Florida. And states around the country, jurisdictions, counties were getting these 100 percent unverifiable, unverifiable voting machines, touchscreen voting machines that are still in use around the country today in many places, incredibly enough. And uh, in Monterey County, California, out here in California, uh, there was a, a, a registrar of voters by the name of Tony Enchundo, and he was demonstrating on the air <laughs> how these touchscreen systems would work with my friend Peter B. Collins uh, over on his radio show up in Monterey. And uh, Peter had asked me, I was a regular guest on Peter's show at the time, and he had asked me to come along so I could ask Tony uh, questions. I was on the phone Tony Anchundo, the 13-year registrar of voting, he was on the air in the studio with Peter showing him how these systems work. And I, and I asked uh, uh, registrar Anchundo, well, what would happen after an election if it turns out that the internal memory cards on these uh, systems, because that's what's actually recording the vote on these systems, not that so-called paper trail that uh, some of these machines offer to, to make voters feel better about what's going on inside the machines, even though nobody ever counts the paper trails. They only count what's going on inside the machines on these memory cartridges. And I asked Ganchundo, I said, well, what happens at the uh, after an election if it turns out that those paper trails don't match the memory cards? Which numbers are you going to go with? And it was clear that he hadn't figured out, he hadn't decided in advance which one he was going to go with. Instead, you know, he was saying, well, we'll wait. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, which is a terrible time to cross that bridge. Just saying. Uh, in any event, uh, his response to my question, I have never forgotten. I've written about it and talked about it in the years since. We're going on, well, we are uh, almost 10 years since because this was, uh, I believe it was October of 2005. Uh, my uh, questions to... 13-year Monterey County, California, Registrar of Voting, Tony Anchundo. Here is a short clip of my question and his response. It sounds like Mr. Chundo is suggesting that the vote count will actually be taken from the cartridge. So, in other words, when one votes and you see that uh, result on that piece of paper, uh, how does a voter or anyone else know that what is actually marked on the cartridge is the same as what's on the paper? Well, how will the voter know? They won't know, obviously, at that time. There is obviously going to have to be some trust and faith in the elections official, and in this case, it's me. There is obviously going to have to be some trust and faith in the elections official, and in this case, it's me. That was Tony Anchundo in uh, October of 2005 as those new 100% unverifiable voting machines were coming to uh, Monterey County, California. They have since been decertified, and they don't use them anymore because, what do you know, it turns out they could be hacked in 60 seconds. But at the time, and Chundo was saying, to some extent, you're going to have to trust your election officials. You're going to have to trust me. Well, wrong. Our system is not built on faith and trust. It is built on oversight. And when it came to Tony Anchundo back in uh, in October of 2005, the fact that he is not to be trusted was underscored in July of 2006 when Tony Anchundo was indicted on 43 criminal counts of forgery, misapplication of funds, embezzlement, falsification of accounts, and grand theft, as we reported at bradblog.com at the time. By December of 2006, 
Tony Trust Me and Chundo, as he's come to be known around these parts, pled no contest. He would eventually go on to serve nine months in jail as part of a suspended five-year sentence for uh, for the embezzlement of more than $80,000 of taxpayer money. That was 2005. And over and over again, I've pointed to that incident as a way of saying, no, we don't trust in our election officials. I'm sure they're very nice. I don't know. You know, I didn't know at the time Tony Anchundo personally, but everybody liked him. He had been serving there for 13 years. I can't remember. I think he was a Democrat. I, no reason to not trust him other than that is not how our system works. Not our system of uh, not our Constitution, not our system of government, not our election system. It is based on oversight, not based on trusting simply trusting in election officials and the best election officials in the country will tell you that. For example, uh, Ion Sancho, Florida, uh, Leon County, Florida, supervisor of elections, the guy who was trusted so much by Republicans and Democrats that he was put in charge of the 2000 uh, statewide recount until the Supreme Court canceled it entirely. Ion Sancho uh, has said many times, trust no one. If it can't be verified, it can't be used. And he's told me that over and over again. Okay, let's move the clock forward now to 2014. This is just before the uh, last year's election, just before 2014. Chris Christie, the head of the, uh, well, he's a Republican governor from New Jersey, of course, but he's also a head of the um, Republican, what is it, the Governor's Association. And he's out there pushing for Republican governors to be elected in 2014 because he says these are the people you want in charge of your electoral system in 2016. And if all you're concerned about is 2016, let me suggest this to you. That if you have any chance of electing a Republican president, there's a bunch of things we need to do. What would you rather have if you're a Republican candidate and the nominee for president? Would you rather have Rick Scott in Florida overseeing the voting mechanism or Charlie Crist? Would you rather have Scott Walker in Wisconsin overseeing the voting mechanism, or would you rather have Mary Burke? Who would you rather have in Ohio? John Kasich or Ed Fitzgerald? Fact is, if you're just a pragmatist and you don't really care about what happens in the states, you're going to care about who's running those states in November of 2016. Yeah, you're going to care about who is controlling the voting mechanism, said Chris Christie back in, uh, in, in late 2014 just before the Republican wave election that actually put a lot of those Republicans, Republican governors in place. It also put Republican secretaries of state in place, including Diana Duran in New Mexico, the swing state, the important swing state of New Mexico. New Mexico hadn't had a Republican secretary of state since 1928 until Diana Duran was elected in 2010 in that wave, Republican wave election, and she was, in fact, reelected again in 2014. But as we wrote in late 2014 over at uh, uh, Bradblog.com, Duran is one of those GOP voter fraud fraudsters who likes to pretend there's a massive epidemic of voter fraud that needs correcting via polling place photo ID restrictions, even though those measures prevent far more legal votes largely Democratic-leaning votes, uh, then uh, they prevent uh, uh, fraudulent ones from being cast. Now, at the time in 2014 that we wrote about this, uh, we took a closer look at, uh, at, at Secretary of State Duran, 
the Republican Secretary of State in New Mexico, and it appeared that she was slow-walking thousands of perfectly legal new voter registrations from being processed by the state motor vehicle department. This despite a 2010 court order ordering the state in a settlement with the federal government that required New Mexico to comply with the 1993 Voter Registration Act. But Secretary of State Duran was not doing that. So while she was out complaining about Democratic voter fraud, for which she had no evidence, she was actually keeping people from becoming registered to vote in New Mexico, this swing state of New Mexico. A study that was done by Progress Now New Mexico found that in Bernalillo County alone, that's the most populous county, that uh, voter registration was down by 90 percent in 2014 at the uh, at the Division of Motor Vehicles. That in the 10 month 10 months since its implementation, uh, this settlement that uh, and and this new uh, registration system that was supposed to happen, that the system failed to register more than 2000 New Mexicans in just that one county alone. In July of last year, USA Today covered uh, similar ground, said that New Mexico's failure to live up to its agreement with the federal government to improve its motor voter program two and a half years after that it had been implemented. The state had the fourth worst rate of registration among states registering voters when they sign up for a driver's license. That's who's controlling the voting mechanism in uh, in New Mexico. Secretary of State, Republican Secretary of State, Diana Duran. Funny thing about her, late on Friday after we went off the air, New Mexico Attorney General Hector Hector Balderas charged Secretary of State Diana Duran with 64 counts related to using campaign cash for personal use. AG spokesman James Hallinan said uh, in an emailed statement, Today we filed an information alleging 64 criminal violations by Secretary of State Diana J. Duran, including embezzlement, fraud, money laundering, violations of the Campaign Practice Act, tampering with public records, conspiracy, and a governmental conduct act violation. The Albuquerque Journal reports that money was shifted between her personal and her campaign accounts, Behavior that often, quote, often culminates in large debits for cash expenditures occurring at casinos throughout the state. And uh, the uh, indictment here, the charges, uh, 64 counts, list just some of the uh, withdrawals that was uh, taken out of accounts controlled by Secretary of State Diana Duran in, in uh, 2013. One hundred and forty seven thousand six hundred and forty one thousand dollars was taken out, taken out of accounts she controlled at casinos. In 2014, it was two hundred and eighteen thousand eight hundred dollars. So in all, Duran made uh, almost half a million dollars in withdrawals from accounts that she controlled on her secretary of state salary, which I guarantee you was not half a million dollars a year. Once again, this is who we are supposed to trust in these elections rather than overseeing it ourselves, at least according to some election officials like Tony Anchundo, who had a problem, by the way. He had a drinking problem or something like that. You know, he wasn't trying to steal elections. I don't know what Diana Duran's issue is. 
She deserves her day in court. She will get it, I'm sure. But our system is not built on trust. It is built on checks and balances. It is not built on uh, secret machines that tally our vote in secret. It is built on the ability for the public to oversee its own elections. And when we can't do that, we have concerns like those we're about to talk about in the state of Kansas and elsewhere around the country. My interview with uh, statistician Beth Clarkson of Wichita State University comes up next. It's really troubling. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Please stay tuned. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Welcome back. This is your Bradcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. You see that wayward son? That's going to be Chris Kobach in a second. You'll see why. And that music, that's Kansas. You'll see why in a second. All right, well, we have reported for years on this program and, of course, at bradblog.com about voting machine concerns, uh, both about the 100% unverifiable touchscreen-style voting systems as well as the paper ballot uh, optical scan systems, which, uh, while they are verifiable, nobody actually really bothers to verify them, unfortunately. Those paper ballots are simply run through computers, to be scanned, those computers either count them correctly or not. Nobody really knows for sure unless one bothers to actually count them by hand, begging the question of why we use computers to tally them in the first place. But on the on the touchscreen style systems, which are still used uh, in, in about uh, two thirds of the, I, I think by about uh, a third of the voters around the country, dozens of states. The uh, the touchscreens, the so-called DRE or direct recording electronic systems, they automatically record the voters vote inside the computer system again, correctly or incorrectly. And with those systems, it's actually 100 percent impossible to ever know if any vote ever cast on them during any election for any candidate or initiative on the ballot has ever been recorded accurately, as we have reported for more than a decade uh, here at this point. Now, that's true whether these uh, touchscreen DRE systems include a so-called uh, paper trail, a voter verifiable paper audit trail or VVPAT, as it's called in a lot of places. Those paper tapes, which uh, may show voters if they bother to look, uh, may show voters how the, uh, the machine believes that they are voting. And then voters can approve that and before they hit the cast vote button. But even then, the machines don't actually use that little paper tape. They use whatever the machine internally records. It doesn't actually have to match up with those paper tapes. The paper tapes are never counted. It's the numbers inside the machines. The only way to know if the machines match the paper tapes is to examine the paper tapes, which, again, no one ever does. In Kansas... 
or at least the case that we're going to discuss today in Sedgwick County, Kansas, home of, uh, of Wichita and the state's second most populous county. They use the ESNS iVotronic uh, touchscreen voting system. It, it, we have talked about it for years, one of the most notoriously awful voting systems in the country. Uh, from 18,000 votes, which completely were lost back in a 2007 special U.S. House election uh, in Florida in the Democratic stronghold of Sarasota, where the Republican was uh, announced the winner by 369 votes, to the election a couple of years ago by a, a, a guy named Alvin Green, an unemployed man that nobody had ever heard of, beating out a longtime state official to somehow win the Democratic nomination for the U.S. Senate in South Carolina, um, for on and on, uh, impossible numbers, thousands of votes that inexplicably disappeared after they were originally reported by the voting system in Monroe County, Arkansas. Uh, as we reported exclusively at Bradblog.com at the time back in uh, the May 2010 primary election out there. Suffice to say, the iVotronic is a terrible system, and yet it is still in use in dozens of states across the country, including the great state of Kansas. Okay. Uh, remember that for a moment, because I'm going to quickly remind you then about Chris Kobach, the Secretary of State of Kansas. We've talked about many times on this program. He's the one who ran on the uh, premise uh, that there was a, an epidemic of voter fraud across the across the state of Kansas and across the, uh, the country, frankly. Uh, that's what he ran almost exclusively on. Stop voter fraud was his mantra. Um he went on to claim that there were thousands of fraudulent voters in Kansas. He said that voter fraud is the civil rights issue of our time. Once in office, he implemented a strict photo ID voting restriction, uh, a citizenship law that you, you had to show uh, proof of citizenship if you were registering to vote, which has meant that now some 30,000 legally registered voters are not allowed to vote in federal elections in Kansas because they... They haven't uh, come up with birth certificates or uh, citizenship papers and so forth, passports and so forth. Uh, add to that, Chris Kobach uh, was reportedly tied in his own election, uh, according to a, uh, uh, a poll that came out just before his, uh, his race back in 2014. But according to the results on Chris Kobach's own uh, Kansas, Secre uh, Kansas Secretary of State website, he won that election that he was supposedly tied beforehand. He won that election by a remarkable 19 points. Uh, suffice to say, Chris Kobach is really, really, really worried about voter fraud, so much so that he set up a stop voter fraud site on his website where people could report instances of voter fraud very recently. And I asked him, asked his office why uh, they had said nothing on that website about election fraud, concerns about insiders in elections and voting machines. Well, add that all up and we get this uh, last week from the Associated Press. The top election official in Kansas has asked a Sedgwick County judge to block the release of voting machine tapes sought by Wichita mathematician who is researching statistical anomalies favoring Republicans in counts coming from large precincts in the November 2014 general election. Secretary of State Chris Kobach argued that the records sought by Wichita State University mathematician Beth Clarkson are not subject 
to Kansas Open Records Act and that their disclosure is prohibited by Kansas statute. His response uh, faxed uh, last week to the Sedgwick County District Court was made public recently. Clarkson, the chief statistician for uh, Wichita University's National Institute for Aviation Research, had filed the open records lawsuit as part of her personal quest to find the answer to an unexplained pattern that appears to transcend both elections and states. Joining us now to discuss the concerns about that pattern and Chris Kobach blocking her attempt to get access to the uh, oversight of those paper tapes produced by the machines in Sedgwick County, Kansas, is Beth Clarkson. Uh, she is the chief statistician for the uh, Wichita University's National Institute for Aviation Research. She has a Ph.D. and master's in mathematics from Wichita State University. Beth Clarkson, welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, let's uh, g- really appreciate you joining us. Let's talk about this theory because it's a theory that has been around for a couple of years now. I think it was first brought forward by... Uh, uh, statisticians uh, in 2012, uh, Francois Choquette and James Johnson. Uh, if you can, explain what this theory is. We'll get into your case in a bit, but what is the actual theory that they found and that you so far have been able to confirm in your own research? What, they're, uh, what they found and, and I confirmed was that when you look at uh, precincts, so uh, there's essentially there's a correlation between the size of the precinct and the percent of the Republican vote. Uh, now, it holds for large precincts. Mm-hmm. Smaller precincts, you don't see this pattern in. You see the opposite one, which is usually considered um, expected because mm-hmm. you expect small precincts and, and voting wards to be mostly rural areas, and you expect them to be more heavily Republican, and you see a very definite, uh, strong downward trend for as starting with the really small precincts up to a size of a few hundred. So okay. you, so is, so but when you get yeah. into precincts that are larger, I looked at 500, size 500 and above. Uh-huh. Uh, another paper that I've looked at looked at size 8 precincts of size 800 and above. Mm -hmm. But what you see with these larger precincts is that the larger the number of votes cast, the higher the average percent Republican vote. And that's the opposite of what one would expect to see, because in uh, rural areas or more Republican, urban areas, large where you where you have these larger precincts uh, tend uh, to lean more democratic, but what you're saying is, and and your finding in Kansas and these other researchers found elsewhere is that the larger the precinct, uh, once you get above 500, the larger the precinct, the larger the share of the Republican vote. The Republican vote actually begins to go up in, yes, in percentage. That is the case, and that is. Uh a relationship that is unexplained and I find very troubling. Uh, and it's not just in Republican versus Democratic races, correct? It's also even in Republican primaries, They, uh, you, you have found and, and, and the others have found uh, something similar. Yeah, the Republican primaries of 2012, uh, Romney was clearly the beneficiary of them. And in general, it, it looks to be essentially establishment Republicans that benefit from this in the primary establishment republicans do better than 
for example, Tea Party challengers in these large exactly. precincts. Yes. Um, and is there any, I know that this was found, uh, Choquette and Johnson looked in Iowa, New Hampshire, Arizona, Ohio, Oklahoma, Alabama, Louisiana, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Kentucky. They found this pattern in state after state that they looked at. Do we have any currently any explanation for this pattern that would seem to defy political wisdom, at least? Um, there have been a few theories advanced. Um, one theory, uh, well, basically, the, the one I find most probable is that the voting machines are being manipulated. Uh, given, well, you just talked about how you've been reporting on the problems mm-hmm. with these machines, their, their vulnerability to issues. Mm-hmm. It seems to me a fairly high probability explanation for this particular pattern. It, it fits exactly what you would expect to see if people are flipping the votes within the voting machines. But there are also, there's one theory um, that it has to do with the, uh, the disenfranchisement of so many Democratic voters. What, what is that theory? How, how so? Oh, well, basically that as Democratic voters have been disenfranchised. Mm. The what's remaining is the uh, Republican voters, so you get a higher percentage Republican. I don't tend to favor that theory myself mm-hmm. because I don't see why that theory would be impacted by the size of the voting unit. The, that pattern, if, if in fact Democrats were being more disenfranchised, were not being allowed to vote, that pattern should, you're suggesting, show itself across all precincts, not just these large precincts? Well, I don't think you would see a trend when you're looking just at the larger precincts. I don't see why precincts with 800 people voting would see a higher proportion of that than precincts with, say, 500 people voting. Right. So I I don't tend to buy that. I've also done some research breaking it down by type of voting system used, and the pattern is most pronounced with the DRE type uh, voting machines, and you don't see it uh, at all to speak of in precincts where they don't use any electronic equipment. And I find that a fairly convincing um, support for the idea that it's the something about the voting machines. When you say uh, they don't use any sort of electronic equipment, they actually do. You're talking about optical scan systems, right? Where no, it's... I'm talking. There are places that just use paper. That are hand-counted uh, or, yeah. or counted at the central county with an op scan, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure about that, that okay. but basically described as having paper, using paper as opposed to using a scanner. I reali- now, scanners do have the advantage that they always have a paper copy, mm-hmm. so you are able to do an audit afterwards and verify that the scan count was correct. And... And we have a, a paper, ca- uh, not a paper copy of the hand-marked ballot, but of the paper tapes. And we're going to get into that in a second, speaking with okay. Beth, Beth Clarkson, um, uh, because uh, Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach is blocking you from getting those uh, paper tapes to sort of check your theory. But when you suggest that you believe it's voting machine manipulation, that's a lot of voting machines uh, in a lot of precincts around the country in a lot of states that would have to be manipulated, uh, do you have 
any actual other than the statistical evidence do you have any idea how this would or could happen are these insiders are these machines hacked? I, I do not have any cl- uh, any evidence oh. or or any solid uh, ideas about how it is happening given the susceptibility and vulnerability of these machines to hacking it could well be multiple diverse groups acting independently. And but there's also the possibility the software is created. It could be uh, an insider working as, as a rogue within the company and doing it without any uh, management knowledge, and it would only take one or two people in the right positions to be able to implement such a scheme. Well, and and this is one of my concerns about this uh, theory, because I've known about it for a while. And, and Beth, I don't know if you know the work that uh, I've been doing for years at, at Bradblog, but we cover this in great detail. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a big resource for people who, con- who are concerned about exactly the things that you're concerned about. But I've looked at this theory and I have been worried about it from the beginning or not worried, but I've been skeptical about it because it seems like it would have to have so many people involved in this conspiracy. Yes, maybe one person in Sedgwick County, for example. But if we're seeing this in state after state, county after county, it seems like a whole lot of people are doing it. (laughs) It seems like we would have had more evidence other than the statistical evidence that we would have, you know. Well, it's hard to say. Um, The evidence is not being tracked consistently. So you get lots of anecdotal evidence in terms of, I saw this strange thing by Mm -hmm. one person here, but nobody's collecting it and there's no verification of it. And then I think there's also the fact that it, it, you know, it might not be the case. That's, that's my suspicion, but you know, suspicion isn't proof. And essentially the reason I'm asking, I'm suing for the, the paper records is because an audit can provide proof. Can uh, it? Statistics are not going to be convincing mm-hmm. to most people over the long term because they don't understand the math and you don't believe what you don't understand. Right. So, but an audit is fairly straightforward and the results should be pretty definitive. Well, will they be definitive? That's my, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Now, you want to get at the uh, the so-called uh, pay, uh, voter verifiable paper audit trails, VV yeah. pads, the paper tapes. They call them something else in Kansas. I forget what the yeah, name is. Yeah, it's called the real-time audit log. Ironically, it's called the real-time audit log. Log. It's uh, real-time because it records every keystroke that the voter makes as they make it. And it's an audit log, so you can do an audit of the, the tabulated results afterwards. Oh, so you're talking about the internal audit log. This is not the... No, I'm talking about the paper. The, it, real time, it's on paper. They, right. they record each keystroke as a, the voter makes the keystroke. And you should be able to... The, the theory is that afterwards, if somebody wants to put in the work... Mm-hmm. You can go through those and determine how each voter voted and, and tally them up by hand and compare them to the results the machine gives. And uh, have there been other states, I know you're fighting to get at those tapes, which, you know, I, I say ironically on calling them audit tapes because 
I, I've heard this for so many years. Oh, don't worry about the touchscreens. We've got these uh, these paper tapes that are printed out. If there's ever any question about the results, we can always go look at those paper tapes. And then they never do. They always come up with excuses. In Sedgwick County, yeah. it's not allowed. It's illegal. Apparently so. At any rate, it's never been done. And people, if I requested um, to look at them as, as a, I basically filed for a recount in mm-hmm. November and said I wanted to look at these paper tapes. They, they knew me at that point and all. And they basically said, no, you're not allowed to do that. What was the reason, uh, Beth Clarkson, that they, they said you can't do it? They did not give me a reason. They just said it was not allowed. But uh, okay, so that was right after the election. But now you, was, you you filed suit, and they have uh, legally responded to your lawsuit with with an objection, right? Yes. Now, w- within the lawsuit, when they say they're not allowed to provide that information, mm-hmm. uh, that's half true. They are not allowed to open up those records. They are sealed, and they're not allowed to open those up without a uh, judge's order. But that's why I filed my lawsuit, was to get a judge's order so that I could open those, basically go through and see them. Uh, there's no reason for them to request that I not be allowed to have them. In other words, Chris Kobach could have just as easily said, oh, if uh, you meet these criteria, it's fine to take a look at them. And I'm expecting that even if I'm allowed, they will have uh, criteria because they are sealed records. You want to make sure that the chain of custody is kept. And people may want to come in and verify that, you know, yes, this is the right tape. And essentially voting is important, and we want to keep those records secure so that we can be assured of the accuracy of the count. Well, uh, but they're so secure now, nobody gets to see them. <laughs> exactly. And that was uh, Sedgwick County, uh, the uh, elections commissioner there, Tabitha Lehman, apparently responded uh, mm-hmm. to your suit saying that it would be, unquote, unnecessarily burdensome to allow you to review those tapes. Uh, she says that e- it's it's uh, the it can't be easily copied. Each person's vote uh, takes up about 27 and a half inches of the uh, paper tape, the electronic machine's paper tape. Each roll from the 2014 election is two, well, let's say 385 feet long. It Sto- is yeah. definitely an onerous task. Yep. Now, she is um, inflating it a bit because she's making certain assumptions about what I'm trying to do and and thinks that she would have to look at every single vote on every single tape, and that's not the case. I'm looking to do a sample. So you don't even need uh, to see every single one. You just want to random No, they will have to go through and look at all of the various roles because essentially to do a sample, I'll Mm -hmm. pick uh, or, or actually they can provide the seed number if they want, but we want to take a random sample, and then we'll have to look at each role to determine whether or not that role fits in, is, is part of the sample that we want to look at. But mm-hmm. then we only need to look at the, the roles that are in the sample in their entirety, and that will only be maybe two or three dozen. Uh, uh, and and they're fighting you. Uh, Chris Kobach has said that these uh, records don't, uh, don't fall under the um, Public Records Act in Kansas, that essentially these tapes are not public records. Do you know, uh, Beth, is, is that written into uh, uh, in law? Our public, 
in our Freedom of Information Act in Kansas, yeah. uh, ballots are not ballots are specifically exempted from being part of the public record, and those machine um, voter verifiable paper trail, yeah. as you put it. Those are considered ballots, or at least they were ruled as ballots the first time I tried to get access to them. But then in November, after the election, I said, okay, they're ballots. I've filed a proper request for a recount. Can I look at them? And they told me no. And I'm of the opinion if they're ballots, then they should have been made publicly available as part of the recount. And what was the they, reason when you filed for the recount? What was the reason that they gave you for not allowing you that, uh, to look at them? They at just that said time? it was not allowed. So what did they you did get? They did not give me a reason. What did what? you get? What 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 did you what what did they allow you to see in your quote unquote recount? They'll let you look at all of the um, paper copies in Kansas, at least. Um, you have the option of uh, requesting a paper ballot that is then scanned. So you're allowed to look at the basically the paper ballots that can be scanned I and see. the mail ballots. So, so they let you look at the paper ballots, but for all of those votes that were cast on Election Day on these 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems, they would not let you look at the logs. That That's right. They wouldn't let you do that in a recount, and now in this lawsuit they are objecting to your looking at them at all, even though you're not claiming, are are, are you making any claim here, Beth, that no, there's I'm an not, election stolen? I'm or asking, no, I'm not asking for uh, the results to be challenged. Mm-hmm. I'm not, to be honest, when I filed for the recount, I didn't really want to do it because they have such rigorous time constraints on it, and I would far prefer to take the time Mm -hmm. to do a a good sample and feel like I'm getting things right. But I thought, well, if that's the only way you can see them is is by requesting a recount, I'll file for a recount, but they wouldn't tell me how much it would cost and said that that method was not allowed. So then I filed a lawsuit a few months later to try and get access to them. And that's kind of where I'm at right and, now. Yeah, I don't understand why they want to prevent it. Well, I do, sort of. Audits are no fun. Right. Nobody really wants to do an audit. It's a lot of trouble, and it absolutely is going to um, going to be a lot of work. But you but would I kind you would of expected pay. that. And 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 you uh, would. I mean, I know in recounts, uh, at least out here in California, that the the person challenging the results generally has to pay for the recount. Absolutely. Uh, so this is something you would be uh, paying for, raising money to pay for, uh, to I'm reimburse the county? I'm going to be raising county? money to pay for this, yes. Okay, so it costs them nothing other than, I guess, time, and yet they are still blocking you. Obviously, a lot of people are going to say that uh, uh, there's a reason that uh, Chris Kobach, Secretary of State, and Sedgwick County Election Commissioner uh, uh, Tabitha Lehman are blocking you. Um, a nefarious reason, you don't have any... Do you have any reason to believe there is a nefarious reason above and beyond they just don't want to go through the effort? I don't. I think that it's... I think that that's a sufficient reason for a lot of people. I'm I'm a statistician, and I'm a quality engineer, and I've done audits in other circumstances. Nobody wants to be audited. Right. Are, are, Are you a 
political uh, person? Are you a political operative with one party or another, uh, Beth Clarkson? No, I'm not particularly. I've not been politically active prior to doing this. I actually kind of got involved in 2012 when mm-hmm. I ran across the, the the paper you referenced earlier. Yeah, I, I was looking into that because a friend of mine had, was running for state senator um, the the Kansas State Legislature, and right. I was uh, working with him on his campaign, and I was doing some research and, and doing some survey work for him, and I came across their paper, and I read it, and I thought, this is crazy. I really did. Yeah. And then I went and checked their work, and they're right. They got it right. and then They got it right. And then you looked at your own precinct in Kansas that they had not looked at, right, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and just basically same ran pattern. the same test. Uh, it's, this is an amazing story, Beth. And I, like I say, I haven't known what to do with it because I've been watching it. I have so many concerns because I don't even know how this would be pulled off if what you are suggesting could be true actually is true. And, uh, and yet I've heard from so many people over the past few, uh, days and now weeks, uh, pointing me to the story. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know I'm watching it. Uh, that I once Chris Kobach stepped in, however, and said, no, you you can't even oversee it. You're not even allowed to oversee the tapes uh, to find out if you're right about the theory. That's when it became really troubling to me. Uh, federal law, Beth, requires that materials from elections uh, be held for at least from federal elections be held for 22 months before they're being just dis- before they're destroyed. Um yeah. Although jurisdictions routinely destroy things like memory cards and erase them, those are the things. That's where the programming actually would be in these machines. They actually erase those far earlier than 22 months, which has oh yeah, driven they, me crazy. They erase them earlier, and from what I've seen in terms of uh, attempting to uh, sabotage these machines, you can set up the code that will do it and then erase itself, so there wouldn't be any. Um, Potentially. Any hint of it afterwards. Uh, potentially. And, and that is one way to get at these machines. Another way, by the way, would be, and, and I'll, uh, we'll sort of leave you here for now and, and we'll pick this up uh, hope, hopefully another time as this case moves forward, Beth. But uh, is, is, is it possible that it's not the machines themselves that this actually happens in the central tabulator after all of those numbers from the voting machines at the precinct are then sent to the county could the manipulation, if it occurred, happen there versus machine to machine? I, I honestly don't know. I think that unlikely because we have all the data by precinct, and you can download that data, mm-hmm. and the precinct data all adds up to the, the same totals that you see for the, the counties and the states. So I don't know that the central tabulator would be well, and the scanners, I, so I, I honestly don't know exactly how that works. I, I see what you're saying. What you're saying, well, actually, I don't know that, uh, that, that that's right, because if you have the results, what you're seeing, if you look up online or whatever, is mm-hmm. essentially what the state or the county are telling you are the precinct, num- precinct uh, numbers, right? You're unable mm-hmm. to verify that because you're not allowed to look at the paper tapes of what the machines actually said at the precinct. No, but the there's a breakdown. Uh, it was interesting. I, I actually worked 
the election at a voting station, this mm-hmm. last one, and it was very interesting. There's a tape at the voting station, and there are several precincts that vote there, and it gives you subtotals for that voting station for those machines. For example, there were eight machines right. at the voting station I was at. Now, unfortunately, you don't get a total by machine, which would make it a whole lot easier to check these out. Right. They tell you at the end of the day when you close the poll, these are the total numbers for this precinct, all of the machines linked together at that precinct. Yeah, and and you have it separated, the ones mm-hmm. by the machine. They're, these are the results for the machine. These okay. are the results for the scanner. And then there will be another total for the uh, mail-in ballots that's later. Now, it's okay. not real easy to get a hold of all of that information. It's not like that's all in a convenient spreadsheet that they let you download. Correct, it is not. But that information <laughs> is all publicly available. Uh, very quickly, two uh, questions here. One, uh, do you see any similar pattern, or do, do you or the other researchers see any similar pattern happening in Democratic primaries, uh, or you know, or, or just Democratic primaries, or non-contested races uh, with Republicans versus Democrats? Is this only in Republican contested Republican uh, not races? Not only Republicans. I think, for example, in the 2012 New Hampshire primary, you see that same kind of pattern showing Hillary Clinton rising up as the precincts get larger. In New Hampshire in 2012. It's been a while since I looked at that data. So, yeah, you did see it in the Democratic primaries. Uh, what I found real interesting was in the Ohio 2012 presidential election. Yeah. Uh, you see the pattern overall for that state, but if you break it down by the uh, different types of voting systems, mm-hmm. and there are, I looked at the top six, and there were two that were definitely showed uh, a pattern going trending towards the Republicans. There were two that showed a pattern trending towards the Democratic candidate, Obama, and two that were not uh, were not sufficient did not show a pattern or, mm-hmm. or a statistically significant pattern. But the ones that you found were st- statistically significant and troubling to you as the chief statistician for Wichita University's National Institute for Aviation Research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, now uh, Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach is blocking your ability to confirm or deny. I mean, I guess if you... If you find those numbers, if you do have access to those tapes and they match up with the reported results, uh, Beth, is that it? Is that the end? Uh, then uh, we just chalk it, it up to an anomaly? N- well, I wouldn't just chalk it up to anomaly. The pattern is not an anomaly. It's, it's consistent. And what it would indicate is that if there's any, that the machines are most likely not to blame. There, it's, not, it's not a complete right. vindication of the machines because... Um, there are so many reports of the machines, not uh, people that say, oh, I thought I hit that for uh, mm-hmm. uh, Davis, and then it showed up as Brownback, and I had to go back, and I redid it, and I had to do it three times before yeah. it would take my, my vote. Mm-hmm. And so something like that is before it's going to get recorded as the final vote on right. the tape. Right. But I don't... There are There are anecdotes about that, but there's nothing strong enough to um, to feel like that's a, the big thing. And if there's anything going on in terms of when they do all the, the tabulations at the end of the day, 
it will pick that up the the central tabulator as yeah. you put it yeah basically it should be able to determine whether anything's awry there and uh, if not then i think that it makes the probability that it's the machine's fault to be very very low and we need to look elsewhere for what is the cause of that pattern beth clarkson uh phd i've got to get out here but is there a, a place that you can send folks to get more info on what you're doing a, an easy website uh, somewhere? yeah we we've created a uh, a website called Show Me the Votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's dot org, and it's all one word, no spaces or hyphens. Just Show Me the Votes dot org. All right. Well, and I have, by the way, the yeah. uh, legal things that I've gotten from uh, Sedgwick County posted up there, so you can see what they've actually said. Yes, I read those pleadings. They're kind of amazing. Show Me the Votes dot org. Uh, check them out, uh, and and uh, Beth, uh, please stay in touch because uh, we will follow this story as it moves forward. I. You know, Chris Kobach, let her look at the damn tapes, and then we'll find out where we are. Beth, uh, thank you so much for your time and your uh, your persistent work in this important matter. Thank you. Right, well, thank you. Really appreciate it. Beth Clarkson, Ph.D., Chief Statistician from Wichita University's National Institute for Aviation Research. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with more broadcast right after this. Stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Man, man. You know, that's the kind of thing that I have been yelling and screaming about for so many years. And, you know, you get into a place where you can't oversee your own elections and you have questions years, years later about the results of those elections. And then election officials won't allow you to look at what evidence there actually is when we have such evidence. And I don't even know if if looking at those uh, uh, paper tapes in Kansas would uh, dispositively prove one way or another what actually happened. But the fact that the public is not even allowed to oversee their own election, the, the fact that in any state ballots are uh, exempt from public records request is just amazing to me. Well, I found it really astounding, astounding that these paper trail voting machines have been sold as, oh, this is the alternative. Oh, you're worried that the computer won't count it right? Well, we'll just have this paper trail. You can see it right there, and then we'll and no, then but be you, there. you'll see the paper trail, but you can't see the paper trail. And then they won't even let her have right. that. They want, and we had a couple of months ago. I uh, mentioned it during the interview. Uh, uh, Laura Presley, down the candidate down in uh, in, in uh, Austin, Texas, she's not even able to look at her own election. I mean. <sighs> It's about oversight, people. And when you have uh, hand-marked paper ballots, at least the people can look at them if anybody bothers to. But when they run them through an optical scanner and they just report the results without anybody counting a single vote, which is what happens. Uh, that, and that's with the paper ballots. And now out here in Los Angeles, largest voting jurisdiction in the nation, they're going to move to computer-printed ballots on touchscreen voting systems. It's absolutely maddening. No matter how many times I warn, it doesn't seem to matter. That's Desi Doyen, our producer, by the way. Oh, yeah. Hi, Des. <laughs> I haven't gotten to say hi to you. And there's I know. a lot that I haven't gotten to do today. I had a lot of stories I had hoped to cover. I guess they'll have to wait until tomorrow's uh, broadcast, but... Um, 
you know, well, I, I promised some horse uh, horse race numbers, so I'll give you these because these are important uh, to some extent. Because it's it's the only thing that we actually do have oversight to a certain extent of, which is of independent uh, pollsters. All right. Uh, Bernie Sanders, who had been, we've reported, uh, according to the polls, at least, he's now he has been beating uh, consistently beating uh, Hillary Clinton in New Hampshire. He has also now surged within seven points of Hillary Clinton in Iowa. Clinton's once commanding lead in Iowa has shrunk to just seven percentage points, according to the Chicago Tribune, while uh, Senator Bernie Sanders has surged in the state whose caucuses will kick off the race for the 2016 Democratic presidential nomination. This according to a poll released on Saturday by the Des Moines Register. This is considered the gold standard of Iowa surveys, and it found that Clinton uh, had the support of 37 percent of likely Democratic caucus goers, followed by Bernie Sanders at 30. She's been investing big time in Iowa, where uh, Barack Obama uh, beat her back in 2008, which uh, began all of her, many of her woes back in 2008. Um, and uh, now she uh, she had uh, been holding a uh, dominant position in Iowa, but that, too, now seems to be slipping away. Saturday's poll found the former secretary of state on a downward trajectory, losing a third of her supporters since May, dropping below the 50 percent mark for the first time in uh, in four register uh, Bloomberg surveys this year. The director of that survey of the uh, the Iowa pollster, uh, J. Ann Seltzer, she said, quote, this feels like 2008 all over again with Hillary's support slipping. So ain't that interesting. Uh, also, and we don't have time for it, I'm sure you'll be disappointed uh, to discuss the latest uh, Trump polls. But suffice to say, somehow Ben Carson has tied Donald Trump in Iowa in the Monmouth University poll out there. I don't think Donald Trump is slipping as much as Ben Carson is gaining, and the Republican Party is trying to figure out how to counter Donald Trump. Choosing Ben Carson is a strange choice, but them's the Republicans these days. More on this on our next broadcast, I'm sure, and much more. My thanks today to Desi Doyen, our producer, to Cynthia Cohn, our booking goddess. If you missed any portion of today's important broadcast, you can download it at bradblog.com or over at iTunes. To listen to my uh, interview with Beth Clarkson of Wichita University, check out more of her work at showmethevotes.org. You can drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And you can find me on the Twitters and the Facebooks at The Brad Blog. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you soon. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, Kansas and the world. Hey.